Everything I always dreamt of in life But now you're gone Hey everybody, welcome back to the Introversion Podcast. It is Wednesday night, about 11.20 p.m., August 18th. I actually just posted a brand new episode today, Ramblin' Man. This past weekend, I just hit record and started rambling. And uh, considering it was just me rambling, I, I, I think there were some, some interesting insights in there, sort of parallels between the two movies I mentioned and uh, real life, the trajectory of life and like the decision-making process in human beings' minds. And um, so with that being said, um, it's a little strange right now that I just put out a new episode and it's late night, I'm tired, and here I am recording a new episode. So usually I wouldn't even think to record a new episode for at least a few more days while I juggle other things. But this is kind of sad to say in a way, but this is like the most impulsive out there kind of thing that I have done in a little while. Um, And not that this is impulsive or anything at all, but it's just like, let me backtrack a little bit, do one of these like rewind sequences where I, six hours earlier. So earlier this afternoon, I was chatting with Irina, who I just had on the podcast. Uh, Hopefully you all have heard that episode from, I think I posted it last week. And uh, I was chatting with her about the new episode I posted today. And, uh, you know, she gave me her feedback, her thoughts. But key takeaways from what she was telling me was that she's eager to be back on the podcast for the sequel, part two. And uh, that's great. But she also said, but yeah, none of this COVID talk or politics talk. I don't want to do any of that. And I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. Like there's certainly other things for us to talk about, about introversion and sort of our personal identity and, and our life directions and all these kind of things. That's, there's, that's great. There's a lot of those things to talk about. But in my explanation to her, I think she was a little put off by, and I guess a lot of people are too. I, I don't know. Like I get feedback here and there, bits and pieces about what y'all think about the podcast. And I know I talk a lot about politics and COVID and at least I've graduated and moved on from the Black Lives Matter and, you know, critical race theory, racism, everybody, white people are racist, all that stuff that was George Floyd, all of that stuff that was so 2020. And now it's like, I don't want to say more important issues, but there's issues that are, I don't know, more front and center, let's say. But kind of my explanation to her about the podcast specifically about the episode I just posted today, the Ramblin' Man episode was, yeah, it's not that I want to talk about COVID so much. It's not that I want to talk about politics so much because I'm not a medical science guy. I've never really been particularly interested in medicine and doctors and health and science and all that stuff which makes me a pretty bad Indian, apparently, but I'm okay with that. Um, For those of you who don't know, one of my Twitter handles is Worst Indian Ever, and I was very proud to get that account and own it. 
I take pride in being a bad Indian. In fact, the worst Indian ever. Um, I don't really like Indian food, and uh, technically I have an engineering degree, but I did not go on to become an engineer, and there's no way in hell I would ever be a doctor because I just have no interest in it at all. And, you know, that's what Indian parents want for their kids. They want their kids to be doctors or engineers. So yet another way in which I'm not a good Indian, but... I don't really give a shit. I don't really give a shit. In fact, I, I wear it with pride, the fact that I'm not a good Indian. But anyway, uh, going off on a little tangent there. But yeah, the point is, I'm not, it's not that I'm so interested. I don't want this to be a podcast about COVID and politics and all of this shit. But as I was explaining to Irina this afternoon, I was like, this is kind of my life right now. You know, it's like, it's crazy because I'm not sure if I ever said this on the podcast, but my whole life growing up, sure, you know, elections, people talk and argue about politics, left, right, red, blue, all the shit, like, you know, whatever, Bush, Clinton, whatever. It's just like, you know, SNL skits and it was always just in the background. It was just another layer of life. It didn't really affect me personally or affect you or all of us personally, like, you're not allowed to, I mean, I guess it would have affected you in the past if you were gay and there was a politician out there saying you're not allowed to get married because you're gay. And, you know, that would personally affect you. And I, I totally get that. But for me personally, like politics and all that stuff, it just didn't really have a hold on my life. So I could always just kind of take it or leave it if I wanted to get into it for a little bit or not. But the thing about now, today, ever since 2020, it's like I've had no choice. It's been thrust upon me to factor in politics into my daily decision-making process. And if and when I do get a move on and uh, leave Philly and get out of here, like, you know, I'm looking to go somewhere red. And uh, not that I feel like Republicans are the answer to everything. And, you know, I, I just, I'm so disillusioned when it comes to politics, because I just feel like it's kind of the uniparty, you know, it's like Republicans and Democrats, as much as Democrats hate Republicans, uh, as I see on Facebook, or I used to see on Facebook from my Dem friends, like how much they hate Republicans and of course Trump. But despite that, like, I just feel like uh, it's not like I love Republicans or love Democrats, of course, but like, I just want, I mean, this is, my whole political view is like, I just want to live my life, you know? And I'm, I'm kind of, this is a, kind of a long intro, but I'm kind of segueing into what I want to talk about tonight. You know, like I'm saying, like, I, I'm just trying to remember what life was like. It's all a distant memory for me. You know, obviously my life in New York was pretty full for 14 years before I've ended up in Philly here, I would go out all the time, pretty much every day, even though I'm an introvert, you know, like I'd go out all the time. Friends, birthday parties and just events and networking and all this stuff and dating. Like I went on so many dates all the time. It was so easy. Just like get on the app and like, oh, this girl's cute. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, back and forth. And uh, you go grab a drink and whatever, you know, it's like all the time. Easy. Kind of that mentality of dating in New York where there's always a better catch around the corner and men and women both have that perspective. So people, it doesn't usually, I don't know what my batting average was, but you know, a lot of dates you just go on one, like one offs 
or a couple dates and you hook up for a little bit and then it's just kind of like, oh, okay, all right, well, whatever, see you later. But at least stuff was happening, you know? It felt like you're living in a movie where, like, there's possibilities. Like, there's a certain dynamism to life itself, like, just experiences, like, stories to tell, you know, hanging out with your friends, like, trying different food restaurants, like, seeing different shows and movies together and talking about, like, this is just like a full life. And even hanging out with friends, it was just like, I'd go to friends who were Democrats, like most all of my friends were liberal Democrats back then. I mean, that's what you get in New York. And it's like, it didn't even matter. Like, we'd just talk about work and talk about movies and talk about dating and talk about just art and culture and performances and just any random shit, stories, like neighbors, just anything in life, just, you know, people, we just got along and talked and was fun and that was life you know i i know with my hearing loss and and tommy danger actually brought that up to me yesterday about how he's looking forward to hearing my hearing loss episode that i sort of promised a couple weeks ago and my five-year anniversary of my hearing loss kind of came and went and i didn't get around to recording that episode but hopefully i'll sit down and record that episode soon because yeah it was sort of it was a very pivotal thing that happened in my life so i should talk about it it's been five years now but I'm not going to get on to that now because that's not what this episode's about. But the point is, like, I did live a full life before. And then I left New York and I had the hearing loss. And and I've ended up in Philly now for the last couple of years. And then 2020 hit. And now I just want to get out of here to go to some red state that literally is just open, you know? And like I mentioned in the last episode, like, my... My expectations for life are so low right now for this whole past year, even before the pandemic, but the pandemic in 2020 really just cemented it of this low expectation of life. I mean, I've said it, I don't know, a hundred times on the podcast so far, but for the last year and a half, it's been groceries and gym. That's it. And now, as I mentioned in the last episode, they've taken the gym away from me. So the gym is no longer accessible to unvaccinated people. No medical exemptions, nothing. No reasons, nothing. Just, nope, you're not allowed in. So, great. So my low expectations for daily life have gone from gym and groceries now to just groceries. And come on, let's be honest. If they take away groceries, you know, it's literally like, okay, I have no business being here. I mean, already, come on, let's face it, the writing on the wall, I I don't really belong here. And I guess people around here are totally fine with wearing masks all the time and getting vaccinated uh, and risking whatever those consequences are. And now the news is coming out that there's going to be a booster shot in September. So now the people who are quote unquote fully vaccinated are not going to be quote unquote fully vaccinated anymore. So Now they're going to need a third shot in order to qualify as fully vaccinated. And you really think it's going to stop after that third shot? Like, that's it? Like, get the third shot and then you're good to go and you won't have to do this vaccine passport qualification thing? Like, no. If you really think you're going to take one more shot and then be good to go and that's it, you're incredibly naive. And I guess a lot of people are naive, you know, but... I think it's more so that people just don't even think about this stuff. 
you know, and I think people just do as they're told. They go through the motions and that's it. That's it. It's not even an intelligence matter. I mean, it's partially that, but it's kind of just like laziness or like lack of, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I still feel like even back when I was, let's say in 2014 or something and hanging out with all my Dem friends in, in New York, like I still feel like if they came along, the government came along and said, hey, you got to inject this in your body or else you can't do anything. I still would be like, what? Why? I feel fine. And the average age of people dying from COVID is 82. So old, sick people with comorbidities are dying of this thing. And you want me and kids to wear masks all day and stay home and get injected with this experimental vaccine? Like, eh, it doesn't really make sense to me. And save grandmothers, be a good hero, do this. And then that phase goes and then they're like, oh, have a donut. And then, oh, get chance for a lottery. It's like, and now they're literally putting the foot down on your neck, like trying to make your life impossible. You can't exercise anymore. You can't eat food anymore outside, you know? I literally, like, uh, let this be a prediction, let it be known, like, y'all can refer back to this, but I wouldn't be shocked if, uh, you know, assuming I'm still here another few weeks or month or whatever, like, they say unvaccinated people are not even allowed in grocery stores anymore. So at that point, literally for this winter, if I'm still here, there would be zero point for me to walk outside of the doors of my apartment because the two things that I had as my daily life as a reason to even get out of the building, groceries and gym, have both been taken away. So I'm guessing they would still let me order food to be delivered, you know? Otherwise, I literally have to leave this place because I would die. Literally, I would die if I'm not allowed to eat food. Like if I can't go get food and they won't deliver it to me. It's like, you know, so... I don't know how people are okay with this. I, I, I just, I mean, even if you get the vaccine, what about for the people who have medical conditions where they can't get the vaccine because autoimmune issues or anaphylaxis issues or any of these things? Like, what about them? They're being removed from society, like shut out of society and demonized and vilified? Like... Do you not see how wrong that is? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. But it's funny how this isn't even the point of this episode, though. The point, I'm just, I, I keep getting into this because it's just hard for me to move through it because this is life now. In 2020 and 2021, this is life. I'm telling you, like, there's nothing for me to do if no place will let me in and they're implementing it in New York city, of course. And just, okay, well, I've said my piece about all that. This is kind of just a continuation of the last episode. So let me move forward and onto the point of this episode. Uh, forgive the really long intro here, but I haven't felt so great today, just like emotionally, psychologically, whatever, just like dealing with all of this shit. And not that anything is new and not that anything is surprising me because it is kind of the same old shit every day, every week. Like, I mean, that's not true. Well, I was able to kind of blot out the COVID politics news in June and July, the end of June and July, because the mask mandates were lifted and I was able to go live my life in Philly 
nicely. Like I met up with friends. I was going to the gym every day without a mask, grocery stores without a mask. I went to a July 4th party. You know, I went on a date. Like I was like, that was the happiest I've been in a year, year and a half. And I had that for one month and now they've taken that away. So I just, I'm just, even though it's, uh, I feel, I mean, I'm trapped. I'm trapped in this cycle of like, it's all on Facebook. It's all like on Twitter. It's all on any of the platforms or channels that I would have used to connect with my friends. Like, even though I've gotten better now this year in 2021, instead of arguing with a bunch of so-called friends who don't see eye to eye with me on all this stuff. I mean, I'm like, I saw one of my new friends who I consider an ally, Sylvia, who at some point I'd like to have her on the podcast, but I, I got to reach out to her. We've never met in person, but she lives in New York City and she's very, very active in the fight against this sort of medical oppression and this vaccine mandates and all this stuff. So but she posted a thing, and I liked her post earlier today, and she was literally like, you know, a message to her friend community on Facebook. And she was like, look, if you are for the vaccine mandate, and she elaborated it more, but she's like, if you are for all of this stuff, just unfriend me now. You know, I, I, I don't care to associate with you anymore or know you anymore. She said something along those lines. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Maybe I should, I mean, I'm considering it, but uh, maybe I might also post something similarly. Because it really is just kind of starting to feel to me like, you know, 1930s Germany. And, you know, I've been thinking about, I've started to kind of trickle out this kind of talk about the Jews and Nazi and this, wearing the Star of David and just this, the demonization of the Jewish people and just like othering them and thinking of them as dirty and they're the problem and like how the Germans treated the Jews back then. And, and I see the same trends happening now. Like, I mean, some people online have just been vicious. We have to make the lives of the unvaccinated unbearable. We have to segregate them. We have to remove them from, I'm just kind of this rhetoric. I'm just like, wow. And like I just said, like, look, my expectations of life here are so low. Like, just let me have some food. No? Okay, all right, I'm not allowed to go get food anymore. I'm like, you know, I'll just have to drink the water out of my faucet. And uh, I'm like, this isn't a way to live, you know? And the fact that everybody is walking around normal, like not even normal, nothing's normal. Masks everywhere. Everybody's still alive. Everybody's still fine. And they're all acting like they're all going to die and it's just like the, and you know, I, I posted a video that I didn't make, but it's called Mass Psychosis. It was a really great breakdown of this whole phenomenon of just how, as a population, people can just undergo this mass psychosis where they literally are kind of batshit crazy and they're completely manipulated. And it's like herd mentality and they don't think critically. They don't think for themselves about any of this stuff. Uh, really great video. So I, I've posted it on introversion.com. So just look it up. It's called Mass Mass Psychosis. So yeah, check it out. Really great video. But anyway, I'm I'm winding all around here. I'm I'm guilty of committing the same sin here, though, right? Because I was just thinking like that conversation with Irina, and then 
thinking about the podcast and I'm like, I don't want this to be a podcast about COVID, you know? It just feels like, well, what else am I going to talk about? Am I going to talk about all the dates that I'm not going on? Am I going to talk about all the new friends that I'm not making? Am I going to talk about uh, all the events that I'm not going to? Am I going to talk about all the travels and adventures I'm not having? Just nothing. So in the last episode, I talked about two movies that I watched. And now here I am. Like I sat down this evening and I was like, you know what? I just want to escape this for a little bit. And in some ways, kind of reminisce about a, an earlier time in life, like from the 2000s or just, just pre-pandemic or pre-whatever. And I was scrolling down my mo- list of movies and I was like, oh yeah, why don't I watch Before Sunset? I could have started with Before Sunrise, but I feel like I watched Before Sunrise, like if, I don't know, sometime last year. So I just kind of felt like, resuming that so i started with before sunset which is for those of you who don't know it's a movie series it's like a trilogy so before sunrise was the first one then before sunset and then before midnight so tonight i decided to watch before sunset which is the title of this video and so you're kind of saying i mean that was a really long roundabout intro to get here to the to get to this point but the point is is like look I'm sick of COVID. I'm sick of all this stuff. I just want to escape in my mind and watch something that doesn't have to deal with politics or conspiracies or disease or viruses or pandemics or any of this stuff or Afghanistan or war or spies or government or just none of this military, nothing. So I was like, all right, before sunset, before sunset. And I watched it and I was actually getting some work done while I was watching it, but there were a couple moments in the film where I kind of had to just stop working because I felt like it merited my full attention. And I was starting to watch the movie more intently in certain moments, uh, especially leading up to the end. And just seeing the interaction between the two of them, I'm not going to spoil it for you. But the funny thing is about these movies, I I did want to say this, is that I remember with a couple of my Philly friends here at Quizzo one time, we were talking about movies we like, and, and I was like, oh, Before Sunrise, it's amazing. And, and this one girl was like, oh, are you kidding me? That movie was so boring and pointless. They just walked around talking the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point. It, it, it was very telling to me, the fact that I liked that movie so much and that I would be associating it that I would be hanging out with people who don't like that movie or that kind of movie so much. And I mean, I, I've always loved Before Sunrise. When I first watched it, it really moved me, you know, especially having lived in Europe and traveled around in Europe in my teens and a little bit in my 20s and um, I guess a little bit in my 30s as well. But like, I, I missed Europe. And again, like, it just seems so far away now because there's like, France, the people are revolting and I'm rooting for them to stand up to this oppressive government and all their vaccine mandates and all this stuff. And Germany has their own shit going on and just like all these lockdowns and Iceland, despite them being super vaccinated and just, you know, in Australia, I mean, just like the, it's just a shit storm. Like the places I would want to go, like I didn't want to go there anymore. I don't want to be in the middle of that. And, um, anyway, so I'm, I forget what I was saying, but let me let me just say, I, I think I was saying, like, I recommend to watch the movies. 
and if you find it really boring, uh, I guess you probably wouldn't like other movies that I would recommend, um, like Lost in Translation, another one of my favorite movies that people find boring. You know, it's like, but it's like Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson, two of my favorite actors. Scarlett Johansson, I just mentioned her in Matchpoint in the last episode, but Lost in Translation, when I saw that, again, it was just a movie that really deeply impacted me because it just tapped into those feelings of like being in a foreign place, feeling alone, but then looking for some sort of spark with somebody and just sharing these simple moments with a kind of a stranger, you know, but like you get to know them quickly and romantic feelings and just like just some magic in the air you know it's like butterflies in your stomach like just kind of like this whimsical not whimsical but just something there that's like simple but realistic and it's a connection between two souls like I feel like my life there's such a shortage of that and probably for a lot of people there's a shortage of there's a shortage of that kind of romance in life and I feel like what we get in terms of romance cinematically is more like this saccharine like almost a caricature of romance when we're talking about rom-coms and things like that and not that i hate rom-coms i like i love a good rom-com but but a movie like before sunrise or even swingers or lost in translation i'm just listing off some of my favorite movies here but there's something about them where it's like I can very easily see myself in this situation and I wonder how I would react. And I've been in some of those situations before. Like, am I, I see a cute girl at the bar. Am I going to go talk to her or, her or not? And unfortunately the shy introvert that I was in my twenties, a lot of times I didn't go talk to that girl. And I don't know. I don't know how much I regret it. Like not doing a lot of things that I could have done, like taking risks like that, but out of fear of being embarrassed or rejected. What's wrong? I saw you talking to the beautiful brunette baby. Look, she didn't like me, okay? I'm mean, a fool of myself. But, you know, regardless, there, I just kind of like seeing these situations depict, depicted cinematically because it just does something in my mind and my psyche and my emotions. And, you know, back to the movie. So Before Sunset, it's part two in the series. So Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before Midnight. So Before Sunset... I'm watching it in a couple moments, like I just start getting kind of teary eyed. And it's really because I sense the connection between these two lovers, even though they're not lovers at the moment. Again, I don't want to spoil anything for you if you're interested in going and watching it, but you know, it's just, I feel the chemistry and the connection they have and they're like fighting it, but they want to give into it. And it gets into all of these points about like love, like what is real love? And obviously there's like different kinds of love. There's like philia, I mean the Greek words and agape and eros and all of these things. So, but you know, I'm talking about romantic love here and um, you know, it's like, there's something so exciting about it. And when I see it happening on screen, and I think it's actually based on a true story like Ethan Hawke and might have been Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman, I'm not sure, but it has that feeling of reality to me. And and I've dated a bunch of girls before and it was that kind of feeling of, 
you know, you, you, you really like the person, but you don't want to let them know how much you like them because what if you like them too much? And uh, that'll turn them away, right? Because people want a chase or they want what they can't have. So you have to be aloof and these kind of stupid mind games that men and women play in dating relationships and all that. So, you know, all of that is in play between them, not just in this movie, but throughout the whole series. And, um, you know, I'm watching that and I'm just getting kind of teary eyed and I'm just like, just kind of overcome with that emotion. And it's like, wow, you know, on the, on the one hand, I'm glad that I'm that emotionally moved by it because it makes me feel human still. And that's largely kind of, kind of what I want to talk about here right now is like what life has become mostly because of this whole pandemic and politics bullshit is like, how can I, I mean, love romance, you know, like, I mean, in the movie they're, they're struggling talking about like marriage and kids and, you know, maybe love is just meant to be this like magical moment thing and you connect with somebody and then you go apart and it, you cherish that beautiful moment you had because a moment like that couldn't last in a long-term format, you know, or at least that's the theory they're kind of toying around with. And um, it's been a while since I watched the third one before midnight. And I thought about watching that, skipping to that one tonight instead, but I think I might watch it though tomorrow uh, or later this week or the weekend or whatever. So um, yeah, I remember that one being kind of dark and uh, (laughs) funny story. I saw before midnight in the movie theaters in New York city with my now ex-girlfriend, but at the time we had been dating for a while and we were not in a good place and the writing was on the wall and I felt like it was only a matter of time before I was going to break up with her. And we go to watch that movie and, you know, I don't want to spoil too much, but the, the arc of before sunrise, before sunset, if you don't want me to spoil anything right now, you should probably just skip over, like skip forward to a couple minutes or whatever. But, and before sunrise, basically this American guy meets this French girl on the train and they just kind of hit it off and they go walking around in, I think Vienna is the city in Austria. So they're walking around and they basically kind of hit it off, fall in love, have a one night stand. And then they go their own ways and they agree to come back and meet a year later. And what ends up happening is that's the end of the movie. But then in before sunset, the second movie, the one I watched tonight, it's nine years later and he's doing a book signing tour for his book and she shows up. And I think they're in Paris and she's living in Paris. I mean, she's French and they just start going for a walk and reminiscing about what happened. And turns out he showed up that year later and she didn't, but not because she didn't want to, but because her grandmother just died and the funeral was that very day and they didn't exchange info. So that was it, the missed opportunity. So it's this whole kind of serendipitous, you know, wondering of like this parallel universe is like what life could have been like if they did reconnect and would it have been better and the courses their lives have taken since then and the regrets they have and all this stuff. So it's like, to me, it's this rich tapestry of just like, wow, like love and relationships and connection and what makes life worth living and all these kind of things. And 
that's why I love it. I eat it up, and it, it, it blows my mind that people I know will just watch it and get absolutely nothing out of it. And I'm like, okay, well, wow, you know. But for me, it's like, wow. But yeah, so I'm watching, and the connection between them and the love that they didn't have, but they're tap dancing around it in the second one. And oh, did I even finish telling that story? So I watched the third one. Yeah, that's right. I was kind of spoiling here. So the second one, like I said, they reconnected nine years later and then they're walking around in Paris. And I think he decides basically to, it's open to interpretation, but at the ending you can interpret it as you will. But it, to me, it seems like he, he does miss his flight back to the States. He cheats on his wife and son (laughs) and he gets together with the French girl. So that is how the second one ends and then it enters into the third one and the, the coming back to my story of how I watched the third one I saw it in the theater with my ex-girlfriend or my girlfriend at the time and we were on the outs and it wasn't going so well between us and I was kind of trying to just coast at that point because I think we had a trip planned to Montreal shortly thereafter so I didn't want to break up with her right then and there with the movie, but it was really uncomfortable and tense because the movie is, from what I remember, and I'm going to watch it again in a couple of days, but from what I remember, it was a lot of fighting and, you know, they got together. They're like the soulmates or whatever. They love each other passionately, but they're now it's like later in life and they're older and it's kind of like, it's not working out so great. So that was my little roundabout story of kind of explaining to you the whole arc. So I'm just spoiled the whole thing for you if you were listening, but not really though. I mean, it's still really rich to watch it like all the moments, even if you know the overall plot, but, but yeah, I was just sharing that. That was how I watched before midnight the first time with my, with the girlfriend and we were fighting intense and we're watching this movie with the couple that's fighting intense and they're questioning their love. And that was exactly what was happening between her and me. And it was like, Oh God, I wish we watched something else other than that. But anyway, that was that story. Yeah. So I'm watching before sunset and I'm thinking about love and romance and at the same time, like I never really fully got into MGTOW and explaining it. I've mentioned it here and there. Maybe one of these days I'll do a dedicated episode called MGTOW and I'll explain kind of what it is exactly because I have to tell people that or else if you go Google it online or you look on Wikipedia, MGTOW basically is like, oh, it's a bunch of white supremacist male chauvinist, like, you know, Nazi assholes or whatever. But I'm like, you know, typical. So just like Jordan Peterson is an alt-right right-wing nationalist Nazi, right? So, um, and Ben Shapiro, a Jewish guy, he's a Nazi as well. So it's kind of one of those things. But one of these days I might do an episode and explain it. Um, I'm not going to get all into it now, but being as how I've mentioned about it before, the MGTOW thing was kind of a, a wake-up call for me. It was like a little bit of like seeing things for what they really are in terms of women and their expectations of men and relationships and what they're looking for and what they want. And a lot of it is just kind of, kind of visceral level, like unconscious drives and motivations. I think women do a lot of things they're not even aware of 
and guys probably do things they're not aware of either. But like, you know, with, well, I don't want to say that, but I'll, I'll get into it more in depth whenever I finally do a MGTOW episode. But the point is like I had a bad, it, well, it was a bad breakup, let's say, not a bad relationship, but a bad breakup with this girl in Philly in March, 2019. And the next day, Tommy Danger, I might've told the story in the podcast earlier, so I don't want to go into it, but he basically texted me. It was like, MGTOW, look it up. So I looked it up and I was like, wow, I went down the rabbit hole. Long story short, I didn't go on another date with a girl for the rest of 2019 and then 2020 hit. So that was nothing for a year. So literally like I hadn't been on a date for over two years until I just went on a date, like whatever, three weeks ago when we had our month of freedom here. And, um, you know, it was a good date, but you know, now we're back in lockdown and nothing is happening again. And why am I saying all this is because all of this is floating around in my mind as I'm watching before sunset and thinking about my romantic history, my past and the present and the future. And, you know, again, going back to my chat with Irina earlier today, I was kind of telling her like, yeah, you know, marriage and kids, that's really not in the cards for me. And she was like, ah, don't say that. That's so negative. Like you never know and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, fine. But I was telling her, I don't have this kind of wishful thinking and I guess it could be seen as negative, but I'm like, I don't really see it as negative. I look at it as realistic. And, you know, maybe when you're younger and this is, I mentioned in the last episode, I want to do an episode called possibilities where I really go in deep into this, but just to touch on it here, it's like when I was younger, it's like, yeah, life was about possibilities. And now life I hate to say it, but life is about like coming up with solutions to the difficult problems we face because politicians are full of shit and it's like, fuck the government. Like I know a lot of people look to the government to solve their problems, but again, I just feel like that is a foolish move. You know, uh, I'm definitely on the side of Jordan Peterson and Dave Rubin and guys like that with all this because if you're not happy with your life, like you need to take responsibility, especially as a guy, you know, but people in general, like you got to take responsibility for your life. And if you're not happy, change something about yourself, change something about your situation, you know, but again, that's just me. That's how I look at life. That's how I go about things. You know, if something is really bothering me, a situation or a person or relationship or whatever, I'm like, what can be done to remedy it? Okay. Like, it's like, I mean, this is what I do for a living, except with design. Like people think design, it's all creativity and artsy, whatever. I'm like, not really. I actually find a, like, I don't know, these days, the last few years, I'm kind of a burnout, you know, like Han Solo or whatever mercenary just for money. Like I do good work for my clients, but. Look, I ain't in this for your revolution, man. I'm not in it for you, princess. I expect to be well paid. I'm in it for the money. It's not fun. It. A lot of it is not creative. It's really just problem solving. And it goes back to, I mean, my degree is in engineering and it's really just a lot of math and equations and problem solving at the end of the day and figuring out a way to solve problems. And that is my view on life now. And that is front and center now because I look around at society 
and even like specific things in my life and the people's lives around me, it's like all problems or like a big problem with many, many variables that are completely unknown or out of control. And I'm just looking at it like, all right, well, I'm pretty good at this. So let me try to come up with some plans. Let me try to come up with some solutions to the problems. And it's like a game of chess too. And I have a great metaphor about this that I was just telling uh, somebody the other day uh, about chess, but uh, I'm not going to blow that one now um, because I'd love to make that point later. But again, I started recording this pretty late tonight, uh, Wednesday night. In fact, it just turned into Thursday after midnight. (laughs) Earlier I was recording before midnight and now it's after midnight. Ha, how funny. Um, and tomorrow I'll be watching before midnight. So, but anyway, back to the point at hand here and before sunset, like I've mentioned a little bit about the movie, I just felt like there's no romance to life anymore. And it's weird in a way because how do I put this? Like, On the one hand, I look back at my life's decisions and I'm like, I stand by a lot of my decisions. Of course I have regrets. There's things I would totally do differently if I were the person at 20 that I am today, like my mind. Um, But like, for example, like not having sex in my 20s, like, like I probably dodged a lot of bullets because I didn't get some random girl pregnant. I didn't get STDs. I didn't have all these problems that maybe a lot of other people had because they were reckless or whatever. But because I was the good Christian boy, like I avoided all of those pitfalls. And like, I think I mentioned in the last episode, like a lot of it just, well, it's all trade-offs, right? Like the grass is always greener. Like, fine. I missed out on a lot of sexual adventures in my prime in my twenties, but maybe I was better off by making wiser decisions now maybe i'm better off now more secure and stable because i didn't wreck my life when i was 20 or something right so in that sense i don't regret like playing it so safe i guess because things could have been a lot worse for me then and which leads which leads up to now you know like maybe my life would totally suck now because I've been having these kind of conversations with friends lately who are, a lot of them are married. A lot of them are, have baggage or like not baggage, but like they're stuck in their situation. Um, or even single people like tied to their job or, you know, like they just can't relocate. They can't get up and go. And I have the luxury of being totally free and it's not arbitrary that I have that so-called luxury, you know, it's like I've put myself in this position based on all of the decisions in my life that have led me up to this point. So, you know, I should take pride in some sense in feeling secure and in control of my destiny, even though the government and the politics and Fauci and all these people are telling me I can't do this and I can't do that and I'm a grandma killer and whatever, like that's all coming at me. But in theory right now, I can still pack up and go, go to a red state, 
or go out into the hills, go into the boonies away from people, build my own private home and gym and work out and be fit and have an internet connection and create great content and move on with my life in my own little private way. Like I, in theory, I can go do that or some variation of that. But I, I still struggle with like, is that all it's going to be? Like with all the MGTOW principles and everything I learned, it's like, yeah, getting married to a girl now, it's pretty risky. 52% of marriages end in divorce. And come on, let's be honest, like the 48% that stay married, it's not like those are all happy marriages, you know? So that's a big gamble to get married. And I've seen my fair share of unhappy marriages. And I'm like, yeah... I'm not the kind of person who wants to feel trapped and I've had girlfriends accuse me of being non-committal before and maybe I resisted to some degree when they would slap that label on me but I'm now I'm like yeah maybe I am not uncommittal and maybe that's not a bad word you know because I value my freedom I value my choice my body my choice right <sighs> I'm not going to talk about covid anymore um yeah you you kind of see where I'm going here with this it's like I wanted to watch this movie because it would take me away from the doldrums of just COVID and politics right I want to escape to this other world of romance and real love and and I watch it and it affects me emotionally and I'm like wow that's beautiful that's amazing that's awesome and there's like no vehicle for me to get that in my life you know, I've I've swiped through the dating apps for the past year. I've literally swiped left on 90, 95% of women in Philly. And it's just like, you know, not to be offensive here or anything, but women just seem to get worse and worse and worse. Like 10 years ago in New York City, there were all kinds of like cool, cute girls, like just tons, like all the time, everywhere. Like I, there was always... And, it's not just a quantity factor. I mean, obviously there's more New, more people in New York than Philly, but it was just like, there was a lot of options. So I went on a lot of dates and it was a good time. But now it's just like, again, I don't want to go down the full MGTOW path here, but uh, I will at some point in a very offensive episode, I will, I will do that one later. But the point is, is just like, it's just not happening. And at least when it didn't happen in New York, there was always the possibility and the avenue and the mechanism to constantly be meeting new people to give yourself more chances. It's like buying a lottery ticket, right? If you're buying five or 10 lottery tickets every day, like, yeah, you're probably still not going to win, but you're in the game. There's always a chance. But now it's like, no, there's no lottery tickets. Like, I'm not even in the game anymore. I mean, I'll open up the app and check Coffee Meets Bagel or whatever for, like, two minutes. And I'm like, wow, terrible, 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 uh, terrible. Like, eh, kind of mediocre. But, like, do I really want to settle for mediocre after all of this? Like, no. And when I watch a movie, like, Before Sunset, I'm like, that's not about settling for mediocre. That's about this deep soul connection, like physically, emotionally, mentally, like just attraction, just inside and out. Like, wow. And maybe that's only for the movies. I don't know. I mean, people, I, I've seen people have that in real life, like real love. And I've fallen in love before in my past, but 
I don't know if that's in the cards for me moving forward. And at the same time, like I'm saying about being so practical and reasonable and wanting to just solve problems and being so wise and part of the, the side effect of becoming older and wiser is that you don't fall in love. You, you don't make the kind of mistakes or I like uh, one thing Jordan Peterson before I heard him say about alcohol. It's like, look, it's not that people who drink and they get drunk. It's not that they become more stupid. It actually doesn't make people stupid. This has been tested. Like alcohol, dr people who are drunk will take far more risk. And you might say, well, that's because they're too stupid to understand the risk. It's like, no, they're not. If you ask them about the risk when they're drunk, they can outline it perfectly. Mm. What it stops them from doing is caring about the risk. It's actually, and that's part of the anti-anxiety components. Like they're still aware of what they're doing. I mean, unless you're completely like completely wasted, but just like, you know, regular drunk. What happens is you're still aware of what you're doing. You, you just don't care uh, the consequences or this and that. Like you still, you just want to do it, and it's like you're more uninhibited. And that's why I used to like drinking, like going out to parties and, and dates and drinking, is because it would just loosen me up, and I get into this m mindset, this zone of like I'm having a good time, I'm just rolling with this, and. I don't really give a shit. I want to ride this ride and see where it goes and just like have fun, and, which is great for an introverted overthinker who I often overthink my way out of a situation so that nothing happens, whether it's I'm not going to go talk to that girl because I'm afraid she's going to reject me, so I just won't even. That's all me being in my head overthinking. But you miss out on a lot of life by being that way, and I'm aware of that. And like I said, like maybe I regret that. But maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it, by playing it safe, it's gotten me this far. But thinking about moving forward, I don't know, you know? I don't know what my feeling is coming out of watching that movie before sunset. Like I said, it emotionally moved me. And I felt like compelled to record this episode like late Wednesday night. To me, this is like an impulsive, romantic, kind of off of my to-do list. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I'm an INTJ, and every day I have my to-do list in my app, and most of the stuff on that list is, like, pretty boring, but it needs to get done, and I keep checking the things off the list. And for me to record this episode tonight, this was a spur-of-the-moment thing. This was not on my list of things to do, and... Truth be told, I'm such a INTJ nerd. As soon as I'm done recording this, I'm going to open up my app, add this to the list to record this late night podcast, and then scratch it off the list. That's how, <laughs> that's how INTJ I am. So anyway, like I said, I recommend if you haven't seen these movies, watch them. Watch Before Sunrise. Watch Before Sunset. I think I might have mentioned this to Francis, too, on the episode we recorded last year. So, Francis, if you're listening, um, watch Before Sunrise. Yeah. If you haven't watched it yet, watch it. I think you'd enjoy it. I feel like it's a good movie for introverts, actually. Any introvert would enjoy it because it's really just two people talking deeply about life and relationships and everything and connecting and Kind of like this podcast, right? Like real deep conversations, just pontificating about existence and 
purpose and meaning and life and joy and happiness and fears and loss and rejection and failures and successes and regrets and all of that stuff. So, but yeah, so we're about at an hour. Uh, it's late. I'm tired, but I did my part to follow this impulse and say some things and put this out in the world. Uh, sorry for the early intro that was so much, again, just going into COVID and politics, but I just can't get away from it right now because it's just, it's, it really is like I put in the last episode, it really is the elephant in the room. And I just, as much as I try, I can't ignore it. That is the the fine line I'm trying to find the balance right now of like, because what kind of led me, like I said, what led me to watch Before Sunset tonight was like, I'm so sick of this. Like, I just don't want to watch any more videos or news about COVID, you know, whether it's good news or bad news. Like, I'm just sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of this being my daily everything. So maybe, maybe that is the note to self for me right now is to just turn some of those. And, and I'm not even talking about mainstream news. I'm not, I'm not talking about CNN. I'm not talking about I don't even have, well, I don't really use cable TV at all. So I'm not even talking about news news. I just mean, you know, a, a glimpse on the headlines here and there, read an article here and there, look on Facebook here and there. With Brian and, and JR in our little private chat, we're constantly sharing links and TikToks and videos and stuff about all of this. Yeah, maybe I need to take another step away from all of that and just know that it's bad and getting worse, but maybe I just don't need to know all the details of it. You know, I don't know if that's naive on my part, but I mean, my plans are already underway. So it's almost like I'm preparing for the worst anyway. So why should my days be bogged down with this negativity and despair to a certain degree, you know? And uh, maybe the other thing that prompted me to record this tonight is I watched Bo Burnham's latest special, comedy special, if you want to call it that. It's called Inside, and it's on Netflix. I watched the first half yesterday and the second half today. And honestly, like, it was so good after the first few sort of whatever you want to call them, little sessions or songs that he recorded. I felt so ashamed of myself because I was like, wow, he basically locked himself away for 2020 and recorded all of this content. And so much of it was so brilliant. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm like, why the fuck wasn't I doing this kind of thing? You know, because I was locked away for a year. I wasted time having bullshit arguments with so-called friends on Facebook about BLM and COVID and Trump and election, Biden, all this shit. What a waste of time. What a waste of breath, a waste of energy, you know? So I've done better this year, but I, I can still do better to shut that out and somehow focus on what I enjoy, even if it is me by myself in a room this year still for the time being. So it's good. It's good that I checked out from the from the COVID shit. 
at least long enough to enjoy watching Before Sunset and get that reminder of what life used to be. I don't even know how much optimism I have for entertaining this notion that that is what life could be again. But I do want to try to remain open to possibilities, you know. And, uh, you know, like I told Irina when she said, oh, you never know what'll happen. I'm like, no, it's true. I don't know what'll happen. And if I do meet somebody who blows my mind, who's like just completely off the map, like, wow, I didn't think you existed. And she gets me and I get her and we're, we're so compatible and simpatico and, and, uh, I don't know, you know, but it's such a crazy thought on so many levels. I mean, even the thought of besides the whole marriage thing with the risks of that, like after you get MGTOW knowledge of just like, it's not good for men to get married and just legally and financially and all this stuff, but in case of divorce, you got to protect yourself, all this stuff. So not only that, but kids, like my whole life, I wanted to have kids, but I can't imagine bringing kids into this world where even I am like trying to escape this world. We'll see how bad it gets in the coming months and years, but if it, it's bad now, it's bad now. Like I was saying early on in this episode, like it's bad out there with this mandate vaccine. The, the vaccines aren't even working. Like if the, the numbers, the data is coming out of Israel Iceland, all these places where everybody's vaccinated and there's still breakthrough cases and they're getting sick and hospitalized and deaths. People who are vaccinated are still getting COVID and Delta and all this stuff and getting hospitalized and sick. And it's like, that is the truth. That's the data that's there. And yet they're still forcing that vaccine on us people who don't want it or can't get it in order to just go to the gym or enjoy basic luxuries. I'm like, this isn't about our health or safety. This is about, it feels a lot like just quotas. You just want us to get this vaccine because that's what you want us to do, you know, and that's good for the pharmaceutical profits, you know, but I'm like, nah, I don't, no, I don't, I'm not cool with that, you know, but, uh, here I go again, here I go again. But, um, yeah, the point was, I can't imagine having kids right now. I think it would break my heart every day. Like, I'm thankful, at least, that I had a normal childhood. I never had to wear masks as a kid, never had to socially distance. Just a a normal childhood. I mean, just like kids, pretty much always, like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, like kids just grow up, you know, go to school, play, do whatever. Like, that's being a kid. And now, God, every time I see these pictures of kids, like they're all masked up and they're distance and they're in little cubes and they're, you know, just like, Oh my God, you know, like the, the trauma, like these kids are going to be fucked up. Like I hope not for life, but like the psychological damage that's being, I mean, like, I'm just like, they're not even at risk, but they're being told they are. And like the level of fear and paranoia that's being instilled in these kids. I mean, kids are shaped and, you know, from a very young age, like whatever you tell them, I mean, this is a whole nother topic, but that's what burns me up when people indoctrinate kids with 
cult-like, religious, whatever. It's like, look, you know, kids don't, kids are going to believe whatever you tell them as an adult, you know, like, so we got to be really careful about how we're influencing kids and this whole COVID cult thing. I'm just really glad I don't have kids because I mean, I've said it before, but if I had kids, I would most definitely homeschool them because, you know, I've probably said it before, but I'm more than confident I could teach my kid in homeschooling. Within a couple of years, they would know more than I learned in by age 18 of going to high school, grade school for all those years. So because, yeah, school school is a joke for me. I got all A's and I was just dicking around most of the time, like just it was easy. But education in America, that's a whole other topic. I'm not going to not going to go into that. But anyway, it's late. I'm starting to fade. So I'll wrap it up there. Sorry if this was a little disoriented, but I will listen to this back tomorrow. And uh, the main point was just the escape that I was trying to feel by watching before sunset and getting into that, but then coming out of that and feeling like, well, what do I do with this? So I don't know. One day at a time, you know, at least I'm generally making sound decisions, which is way better than acting recklessly and doing stupid things. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, But that is all for now. Yeah, I guess uh, I will say good night. Today's episode is brought to you by... The State Lottery, where everybody wins. Actual odds of winning, one in 380 million. Hey, you. Yes, you. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. That way you can obviously get notified as soon as new episodes arrive. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating and consider writing a brief review. It just takes a second And it really helps in order to get this podcast ranking higher so that more people can discover it. And the better this podcast is doing, the more prominent guests we can get on the show, and also the more time I can devote to it, which means more episodes and better episodes. And speaking of better episodes, what would you like to see more of on the show? Are there specific topics you'd love to see covered? Do you have thoughts of your own on the subjects discussed today? I'd love to hear from you. Just shoot an email to podcast at introversion.com. Or you can reach out to me on social media. I'm Jay Caslow on pretty much every platform, Twitter, Instagram, and the rest. And last but not least, if you've been enjoying listening to the podcast and also checking out the daily blog at introversion.com, I invite you to visit patreon.com slash introversion, where you can become an official introversion patron for as little as $3 a month. That's literally 10 cents a day. Anyway, just consider it. Otherwise, just click like, share this podcast with friends and family who you think would enjoy it. Anyway, have a good one. Until next time.